Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I have been wildly on the road in January. I was in Iceland giving a talk at the Psychedelics as Medicine Conference. I was in New Orleans. I was in Wisconsin giving a talk at the EO Group. So I had like a wild ride of travel, which was really interesting. Like in many ways, I enjoyed it. It was fun to just be in that mode of big extroverted energy, being on the road, being in motion. And of course, it was really lovely to come home. And the thing that I have been reflecting on is the power of presence, of being in the room, of being fully available to the person that you're interacting with. And I thought that's what I would talk about a little bit on the podcast today is the power of being fully present. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Many of you have probably heard the term mindfulness. Mindfulness is um, a, a big part of psychology at this point. It's part of what we call the, the third wave of cognitive therapies. Mindfulness is a theory, I guess, or a way of thinking that helps the person to be fully focused and present in their active moment. And so there are a set of techniques or a set of tools that help promote mindfulness. Meditation, of course, is one that we've talked about quite a bit on the show. Grounding practices are another set of activities that help to ground someone in the present. Grounding practices can be things like specifically observing your environment, attuning your body to certain stimuli, like the texture of fabric, the texture of a blanket, the texture of your sweater, the scent of maybe an essential oil that's presented to you, something that is a sensory grounding in this very present moment. And these tools have been shown to be extraordinarily helpful in helping with physical health, things like migraines, overall immune function, reducing inflammation, and they're also very, very helpful with mental health, uh, with depression and anxiety in particular. Mindfulness practices take us away from circulating thoughts, thoughts about the future, thoughts about the past, rumination, perseveration. Those are sort of $10 words for thoughts that are out of control. Thoughts that are not helpful because they're based in the past or based in the future and take us out of the present moment in a way that doesn't serve us. This doesn't mean, of course, that it's never helpful to think about the past or to think about the future. We've talked about that on the podcast a lot in terms of how to time travel effectively through different parts of your life. But when we live too much in those places and when our minds are churning on the past or on the future, we're not fully in the moment that we're living in. Often we're worrying about things that haven't happened yet or ruminating on things that happened in the past that we can do nothing about. And it generally is not good mental energy. It's not time well spent. So mindfulness is the mental health response to those out of control cycling and circling kinds of thoughts. Mindfulness is a super helpful framework 
And I'm really glad that it's part of the conversation in mental health. But the thing that I've been thinking a lot about is, is kind of the, the why underneath mindfulness. And that is the importance of presence. Maybe mindfulness is the tool to get you there, but presence is the destination that you're after. In all of my kind of flurry of travel, the best moments that I had, the most anchoring moments, were the times that I was able to sit down with someone and be face-to-face across the table and really be fully in on that conversation, be fully in my listening mind, be fully in my sort of idea-generating, participating self, not pulled in any other place, not attending to any other sounds, not looking at my phone, not looking at anything else, but just being fully in. And those moments were so powerful. They're so connecting. Presence is really the undercurrent of my work as a consultant, as a therapist. The real gift that I have to give the people that I work with, you know, underneath my training and reading and all of the things that happen in my brain. But the real gift that I think is offered in that kind of context is presence. It is really, really rare in our modern society that someone is fully in on their conversation with you. And when it happens, I think we feel it. And I think it's pretty magical. And presence, I think, really is the greatest gift that we have to give in a world of so much distraction and so much sort of rapidly moving processing of information. When we are with someone who is fully in, when we offer that to them, it really is a respite from all of the sensory information that's coming at us. During the course of all of this travel, um, I hired a chief of staff. I'm super excited about that. And... um, I knew it was going to be tricky to start some onboarding with him while I was traveling because presence was really hard to come by. It was hard for me to focus when I'm on the move or in the airport or like checking into a hotel. Like everything was just sort of disorienting and it affected my ability to be fully present in our conversations and to really carefully think through what information he needed when and how to kind of pace that onboarding. And we had some open conversation about that. So, you know, it's fine. But I really felt the difference. And I think if there's one thing that I might offer by way of reflection to any of you who are listening today, it's looking for the places to be really, really present with the people on your team, with your children, with your significant other, with your friends. If you do anything in public, you know, people get slices of you here and there. They get slices of you on social media. They get slices of you through listening to a podcast. But for you to really offer your full attention in a non-distracted way is probably the best way to express value and love and a sense that you really are investing in who they are, what they're going through, what they're thinking about. Like many families, we have a rule of no phones at the table. (laughs) We try to have dinner together as a family most nights. And it is really, really precious time. You know, our kids are teenagers and it's kind of hard to get their presence. It's hard to get their attention. They're doing a million things in their own minds. They're busy and here and there. But dinner time has this sort of sacred value of presence And every once in a while, a phone sneaks in. It's usually very benign. Like someone will say, oh, I saw this super funny thing I want to show you guys. And then someone else is like, oh, I saw this super funny thing I want to show you guys. And all of a sudden, all four phones are out. And we've done the deep dive into saved Instagram posts or some other nonsense. 
And so I started getting really strict, even with Rob and I, about phones at the table because they are this just radical disruptor of presence. The minute the phone is out, there's this visceral physical reminder that the rest of the world is right there waiting, that there are notifications and messages and news alerts, and that the whole thing is right at our fingertips. And there's no way that that doesn't kill presence, even on the most sort of basic subconscious level. In a world of so much motion and movement and information, your attention is the most powerful thing that you have to give to another human, to your own work, to your own self. So if presence is difficult for you, I would recommend, first of all, re-examining your relationship with your phone, finding ways to tuck it away, finding ways to turn it off, having spaces in your home or in your interactions where it's phone-free and there really is no reminder of the outside world. The only thing that exists are those people in that place at that time. Secondly, if presence is tricky, really doing some research and exploration into mindfulness, whether that's using an app, there's lots of great information um, on the internet (laughs) that can offer tools and strategies to help you become more capable of directing your attention and less at the mercy of those racing rapid thoughts that may come from the past or from the future. And thirdly, I think simply the decision to practice presence, like the intentional directing of your mind and the conversation with the people in your life of talking with your children, your significant other, the people on your team of saying, okay, for this 20 minutes, for this one hour, for this two hours, for this dinner, it's just us, no phones, no interruptions, no anything else, just us. And my sense is that that will amplify your relationships, your sense of connection, and the satisfaction that you have from your own way of showing up in your life. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.